The following audio is from Deering Christian Church. Join us Sunday mornings at 1015 or check us out at DeeringChristian.org. Thanks. Guys, was in the middle of something that we have been in for about four, this will be the fifth week now. And it's all about this. You see, you see that right there, to be a worker approved. That is what we'll be discussing for weeks to come. All right? What it looks like, how we can get ourselves into a place that when God calls on us to step up and serve, that we'll be ready. And what that looks like. Um, Don and I, as I said, we were gone last weekend, and the interesting thing about it is, it doesn't take, I don't know if this is the way for you, but for me, it doesn't take too many days of, of me being away from home to miss home. I mean, it's funny how that works. I mean, we, we put all this work in to go on vacation and get away, and, and, and we're gone for a little while, and then it's like, I'm I just ready to go back home. All right, and, and maybe you're not that. That's that's very very much um, the way I'm. I, guys, I cannot imagine, and it's one of the reasons I greatly respect and appreciate men and women who've served in our military, because they make huge sacrifices, and they're away from home for a long, long time. And I, I don't even know what it would feel like to be away from home. For that extended period of time, what it would feel like to come back? And, and, and what that would do on the inside of a person, knowing that, that I'm coming back home. What do you think of when home comes to mind? Just throw something out there. When you think of home, what do you think of? Anybody? What? Family? Oh, come on now. No. Good answer. Very, very good answer. What else? What else? A bed? A bed? Yes, very good. What did you say? Your dog. Home is where the heart is. It really, truly is. It is. What else? Anything? Is that all we got? Is that all we, I mean, those are good answers. Don't get me wrong. Indiana. Indiana. That, that, that's what I think of when it's home. Okay. Anyone else? Comfort? Okay, all right, very good. What about, what about this, relaxation? What about this, maybe for some of you, a driveway? I mean, just seeing it, knowing where that leads. You're coming up on the road and you see that drive. I can remember that when I was in college and I get to come back home. And it wasn't really the driveway, it was just the gravel road that would head to my folks. And it was always just like, all right, I'm, I'm getting home now. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe for you, home, you think of an apartment? Maybe at some point in time, that was it. There's not a whole lot of apartment people in this part of our country, but there are some. Maybe the back 40. That's what you think of when you think of home. It has nothing to do with the living room or anything like that. It has to do with what's the, what else is there. Maybe it's that yard that needs to be mowed again. I mean, goodness, it's so funny to drive through town 
and drive by people's homes in the fall because it's so different than the spring. It's like in the spring, it's like, I'm going to be the first one to get my lawn done. And everybody's racing out there to get their lawn done. And then you get to fall and everybody is so stinking tired of mowing. And it's like, do I have to do it again? Are you serious? Why in the world did Ralph across the road mow again and make my yard look bad? Now I got to mow. Maybe it's the kitchen. That smell, you know? Who knows? Maybe for you, home has nothing to do with a residence or a building. Maybe your life was moving around again and again and again as you grew up. Melvin knows a little bit about that, do you not? Just moving and moving and moving. But I'd still be willing to bet, even for Melvin, even for somebody in that situation, there is a place that comes to mind when I say the word home. We've been talking about, as I've already said, for a number of weeks now, what it looks like to be growing in the Lord. We've looked at the importance of building a good reputation. doesn't matter what the past was. Maybe the past isn't all that pretty. That's okay. God's more concerned about the future. But there is a reason for reputation and having a good one and working on that. We've talked about moral purity. How the importance of that. We've talked about a balanced look, an outlook of life. Keeping in mind, interestingly enough, as we're talking about home today, that this world isn't our home. That there's another kingdom that we're a part of. Before we're a part of anything in this world. We talked about prudent living. And what that, what that looked like is this, seeing three things correctly. Seeing God with the proper perspective, seeing ourselves with the proper perspective, and seeing others with the proper perspective. And then you have JB shared last week, living that matches up with words. Do our lives match up with what's coming out of our mouth? Respectability. Now we're going to jump into something a little different and incredibly practical. So if you like practical stuff out of God's word, today is the day for you. All right? Let's have a word of prayer and we're going to jump into one word. See what it says. Father, we come before you. We thank you, Lord, for um, the power of, uh, of scripture, the power of the Bible. We pray that this day it will have its way with us. And Lord, if there's anything that needs to change in the way that we are conducting ourselves, in the way that we are treating others, in the way that we are treating ourselves, Lord, um, you'd make that clear. And if we need to change, you'd help us to change. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Yes, believe it or not, we've been in the same verse going on five weeks. Wow. Five weeks in one verse. Whew. Man, some of my professors back in college, they would be proud. They would be proud. All right. 1 Timothy is near the end of your New Testament, written by the Apostle Paul to his young protege, Timothy. Very similar letter written to another one of his young apprentices named Titus. Matter of fact, these lists that we're looking at, you can find its counterpart from 1 Timothy into Titus. But we're going to pay specific attention to Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 3, 
verse 2. And it says this, an overseer, which is basically a worker in the Lord, then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable. Those are the ones we've covered so far. And now we have this word, hospital. Now, hospitable. They are very closely connected, as you might know. And when I think of the word hospitable, you know the first thing that pops into my mind. Some of you are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody, you're not going to have a clue. When I think of hospitable, I think of hospitality, and the first thing pops in my brain is Aunt B. Okay? Aunt B. We got Andy Griffiths fans? Anybody? Yeah, exactly. Very, very good. We ought to all whistle that together. We're not going to do it today, but we'll do it one day. All right? And that's a, is, is that all that we're talking about when it comes to hospitality? Grandma. Because grandmas are so good at it. Is that all that it's about? I think we need to dig into it just a little bit more. Hospitable. In the Greek, it's made up of two words, and two words that I highly doubt that you would expect. You know what those two words are? Friend and stranger. Those two words put together in the Greek make the word hospitable. And it means this, to treat a stranger like a friend. Interesting. You know, I've, I've heard it said many, many times. I, I get, um, it's not the most enjoyable time, I'll be straight up with you, it, it, responsibility in ministry, sitting down with families who've lost a loved one. But in a very strange way, I very much enjoy those conversations. Now, I don't enjoy and I don't minimize the sorrow that those families are going through at the time. Don't get me wrong. But I enjoy sitting down with those families and hearing stories and character traits about their loved one who has died. And you know how many times I've heard these phrases? He never knew a stranger. I've heard that so many times. How about this one? She treated everyone like family. It wasn't just her family that were family. Everyone was family to her. Oh, I've heard those phrases many, many, many times. You know what those people were describing in their late loved ones? They were hospitable. Some people are definitely better at this than others. Those who are good at it are usually very giving people. Guys, turn over to um, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. To be honest with you, we're not going to be much more in Timothy today. All right? We're going to bounce around to two more places. First one is Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. That's that's another thing. I told you today's going to be practical. All right? Romans chapter 12 is an incredibly practical chapter in the Bible. It's right there near the beginning of your New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. All right? And when you get there, what you're going to find out is this. The first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul talks about 
what the gospel is. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again, and that power saves people. That's the gospel. Now he expands it into 11 chapters, all right? And then in Romans chapter 12, he starts saying, okay, now what do we do with this? And he gets very, very practical. And in Romans 12, 13, he's, he's talking about what people should be doing, brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is what he says in verse 13. Contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Hospitality, very simply, is caring for needs. In the Roman world, there was no social safety net, okay? There, wasn't, there was not social security. There was not anything like that whatsoever. The hospitable person, if they see someone hurting, they would see the hurt, they would see the need, and they would act. And that's this, that hospital hospital word, you know, in, in, a, in a way, the church is to be a hospital. I'm going to get really mixed up. When I start saying hospitality, hospitable, and hospital, it's going to get ugly here in a little bit, okay? All right? I'm just going to get them thrown all over the place. All right? A hospital is a place where hurts are taken care of. Now, a church is a little bit different. A hospital is mainly physical hurts, Within the church, it can be emotional, it can be spiritual, and it can also be physical. We're not talking here about a building, the church. This structure is not, is not a hospital, all right? The people within the church, the body of Christ, are the hospital, and they take care of hurting people. We're going to leave that right there here for a little bit, because we're going to be talking about generosity and giving to people in need in a few weeks so let's take that put it on a shelf for a few weeks and let's jump into something else when it comes to hospitable Donna and I were coaching third through sixth grade volleyball players because we're so qualified Because nobody else would do it. All right. Now, there's five teams in Caney, so there are others willing to do it, but we got asked to do it, and thank goodness that Aaron helped us out a few times because it would have been bad. All right? But I'm beginning to learn now, it's not as bad as soccer, okay? With soccer, you're just standing there, and you're just watching, and like, uh, goal! All right! Um, Kick it over there, and kick it... There, I mean, because I know nothing about soccer. I mean absolutely, positively nothing. All right? Now, volleyball, I do know at least a little bit about. So it's a little bit different. I know enough about it. You get frustrated, okay? Travis White was there watching um, a game. His, His niece was playing. And um, Troy was there watching his daughter play. And we're, she's on our team, Bella. And uh, after the game, Travis came up to me and he said, uh, um, you're a very patient man. <laughs> he said, I don't, I don't think I could do what you, what you just did. And I just said, you just learn to keep your mouth shut. Just learn to keep quiet. Because 
as you're watching, you're like, why don't you move your feet? Why don't you move? I mean, you've got to move these things. You've you got to move those things if you're going to play volleyball. And you're just like, and, and you're just like, okay, okay, keep it bottled up. Keep it bottled up. Don't say anything, all right? And as I'm watching, the person who probably taught me more about volleyball than anybody else, two people actually, one was my best friend, Aaron Bryant, went to college with him. Uh, he was a very good volleyball player, but his wife was even better. Her name was Amy Porter, now Bryant. All right, now... Amy had college scholarships all over the place to go play volleyball, and she chose to turn those down. She came to Ozark Christian College and played on their team, so she was way overqualified, all right? Now, she gets there. She is, she was about this tall, okay, and she weighed about 85 pounds. Now, needless to say, she was not, she was not one of those people who get up and cram the ball down the other people's throats, all right? I don't think she could even reach the top of the net if she tried, all right? And she wasn't a setter either. What she was was a defensive specialist, all right? And I don't know how many times I saw people just hit a ball so incredibly hard, whether it be her playing volleyball on the team or whether it be co-ed volleyball, if it was within five feet of her, it was not going to hit the ground. There's no way. It was not going to happen. Because she said, that's in my mind. She said, if it's, if it's anywhere where I can reach it, that ball will not touch the ground. That's simply the way it's going to be. Okay, that's Amy. And there's my lovely daughter, Audrey. <laughs> Now, Audrey's in third grade, okay? Audrey's working on moving her feet, all right? But there are times that she stands and watches the ball. She doesn't have this mindset of it's not going to hit the ground. If I told her, don't let the ball hit the ground, she'd just look at me like, why? What's the point? If you serve the ball over the net, it's a point, which most of the time in this level of volleyball, that's it. You get it over the net, very rarely is there a volley back and forth that lasts very long. And what I had to get into my brain is, is I watched not only my daughter, but others do this as well, is that I don't know if their hearts are quite in it yet. Okay? Some of them only playing for years. Some have only been praying for a couple of years. And some of them are really good. But I don't know if their hearts are quite there. You see, it takes time to get your heart into something. Truly get your heart into it. It's so much easier to perform any exercise or any task when our hearts are in it. Turn to the end of your New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 4. We looked at this two weeks ago. First Peter chapter 4. We're going to look at a number of verses here, four of them specifically, one at a time. Okay? 1 Peter chapter 4, very end of your, of your New Testament. I'll give you a second to get there. Peter gets really practical here. I love it when the apostles get practical in their writing. We're going to begin with verse 7. 
Peter says this. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. That sound judgment, we looked at that a couple weeks ago. The word for that is prudent. Okay? Then he goes on to say, verse 8, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Love's pretty doggone important when it comes to the body of Christ. And it's amazing to me that, that Peter follows his command to love one another with what he says next. Verse 9. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Catch that? Verse 10. As each one has received a gift, employ it in the serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We've been given things from God. God expects us to take what He's given to us and keep it for ourselves, right? Absolutely not. God's desire, His greatest desire for us is to use the gifts that He's given us to serve others. So let's jump back into that verse 9 again. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. This can be difficult or this can be easy. He doesn't just say, be hospitable. He says, do it without complaint. This can be difficult, or this can be easy. You know people who never complain? How many, how many can you count? Can you count more than one hand of people who never complain? Two hands? Maybe boom, boom. Maybe you know a lot of people who don't ever complain. Some of those people who never complain are two things. First of all, they're humble. Second of all, they're really, really tough. <laughs> okay? They just, they just take it on. I can take it. Throw it on. It's fine with me. It's fine with me. I'm not going to complain about it. Meanwhile, on the inside, they are burdened. They're just not going to let anybody know about it. That's the difficult way to be hospitable without complaint. You know what the easier way to be hospitable without complaint is? These people are humble, just like the first ones, but they're also incredibly huge-hearted. They serve from their hearts. They enjoy serving. There's no way I'm going to complain about it. That's what that person would say. This is what I was put in this world to do. It's what I'm here for. God has given us many, many things. You know one of the main things that God has given us? I'm just talking about us individually here. We're as a body, but also individually because we have different homes. God has given us that. He's given us, many of us, a home. I know what you're saying. 
well, God's given it to the bank first. And I'll get it one day. (laughs) But your name's still on the address. Correct? Even when Donna and I rented for 10 years, the first 10 years of our married life, it was still our home. That was given to us by God. I'll never forget Ed and Betty Huffman. They were a couple that I grew up with at Altamont Christian Church for years and years. Both have passed on and went to the Lord. All right? And they built this beautiful home out in, on 60 acres out in the country. And they had everyone who would come from the church there, and they had a dedication service because they said, this home is yours, pointing to everybody. So this isn't our home. This home is yours. And they had that home open all the time for anything that was needed. Even if somebody simply just needed a roof over their head for a couple days. It was always open. I don't want to embarrass them, but Jared and Jamie Vineyard did something very similar when their home was done. Had a dedication service saying, this home will be used for the Lord. question we have to ask ourselves is this how much are our homes truly dedicated to god how much are they dedicated to the growth of his kingdoms his kingdom when it comes to our homes what do our hearts say what at the on our heart of hearts when it comes to my home what does my heart say mine 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 does it say it's an escape that's my escape that's that's my place that's where i get away is it, is, it, is it this? Sacred. Home is sacred ground. Maybe family. It's just family. I'm not going to say those things are necessarily bad, all of them. Our home is probably to be escaped. This world can be pretty rotten sometimes, and it's nice to be able to go home and get away from it occasionally, okay? Absolutely. But what is our home at its very core? Paul is writing to Timothy and Titus in the first century. Guys, they did not have buildings like this for churches then. All right? There were no church buildings, but there were still churches. Churches are people. And where these churches met was in people's homes. People opened their homes and their cupboards to the family in Christ. Mature followers of Jesus had to be hospitable. That's why it's on this list. They had to open up their home because that's where they did church. That's where they did life with brothers and sisters. Look through, take a look through the book of Acts. That's our history book of the early church in our New Testament. And you look how many times it says home. Paul stayed in their home. Peter stayed in their home. They stayed in this home. They stayed in that home. This person invited them into their home. Again and again and again and again. Tell you what, home is sacred turf. It absolutely is. It means something to people when you share your home with them. It does. Because they realize that that is, that's a personal, sacred thing. And I must be pretty special for you to invite me into your home. And guys, if we are going to use our homes for the kingdom of God, the only way we're going to survive it, to be hospitable without complaint, 
is to do it with our hearts in the right place. Unless you're just an incredibly tough person. All right? Being hospitable, hospitable, I told you, being hospitable is really about love. And love, according to the New Testament, is really about action. So here we go, guys. Let's get practical. Got some questions for you. Are you ready? You want to write it down? Write it down. I didn't type it out. Sorry. So I'll repeat it if you need me to. Okay. You ready? The questions we have to ask ourselves when it comes to our homes. Do we look for opportunities to share our home with others? Are we actively looking for opportunities to share our home with others? How about this question? Have we ever invited a spiritual leader into our home to learn from that leader or to appreciate that leader? We have four elders of this congregation. Have you ever invited one of them into your home for a meal? To share with them, to learn from them. Show them you are appreciated. In the past year, have we had someone who wasn't blood family in our home for a meal? Think about it. Okay. October 8th, 2016. That's one year. In the past year, have I ever had somebody in my home to eat dinner with me who wasn't family? Have we ever considered opening our home for study and fun with fellow believers? Uh, you know, we got a name for that at Deering Christian Church. You know what it's called? Life groups, yeah, all right. Have we ever had any of our neighbors to our home or co-workers for the purpose of leading them to Jesus? Have I ever shared the gospel with someone in my home? Understand something. We don't have people into our homes to recruit them. You might hear that a little bit. Well, that's what you're telling us to do, preacher. No, not quite. We have people into our homes because we love them. Like Jesus loves them. And we're hoping to lead them to Jesus one. That was Jesus' motivation for everything he did. Love. For most of us, the biggest investment in life will be our homes. There is no financial investment that really even 
comes close. There's a, there's a commercial I listened to recently. It's on, it's on sports radio, all right? 810 and 610 out of Kansas City. On a good, clear day, you can pick it up in my car, Frogger. We'll pick up 810 and 610 out of Kansas City. This commercial cracks me up every time I hear it because I understand it so completely. And it's actually an insurance company commercial. And it has people talking, they're having a conversation with one another about their home purchase. And, and one says this, yeah, my home costs 20 years. Have you heard this commercial? Yeah, my home costs 20 years. That's not bad. We still owe eight more years on our home. Because in reality, it's not money. It's time. It's what it is. I'm telling you. Guys, good grief. Most people don't have a 15-year home loan. Most have something a little longer than that. You're talking, we're talking about an investment here. How are we using those homes to grow the kingdom of heaven? Are we practicing practicing hospitality? Are we hospitable? Are we going to be ready when Jesus puts the call at our feet? Because it's coming. I want you to open your home. That's what he's going to say. I don't care if you don't know how to cook. They will lie and tell you they like it anyway. And they will enjoy being with you because you've showed them that you care. When it comes to being and bringing, being a light, when it comes to bringing others to salvation in Christ, there's no place like home, folks. We got to use what the Lord's given us for Him. Why don't you stand with us, please? The Lord's working on your heart in any way whatsoever, and it doesn't have anything to do with being hospitable or hospitality. But the Lord's been saying something to you for a while. Today's the day. Don't leave here without talking to somebody about it. Okay? Our invitation is not five minutes on a Sunday morning or ten minutes on a Wednesday night. It's all week long. If the Lord's calling you to something, call us, please. Numbers are in the bulletin. But if the Lord's calling you today, don't leave this place without finding out what He's saying. Okay? Don't be scared of those men up here going to be talking about this rugged event, all right? They won't bite, okay? And there will be somebody to talk to you. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. We thank you once again, Lord, for the way that you give.
We thank you specifically for our homes, Lord. Some of us have been in a place, residence for a long, long time. We got a lot of memories wrapped up in that address, Lord. Lord, give us the heart, the motivation, and the challenge to add more Jesus memories to the memories of our home. Show us people, Lord, who would love to come into our homes and be shown that they're cared for. Show us those people, Lord, and motivate us to bring them home to you. Lord, we pray that as we leave this place today that we would go and we would be prepared, ready and willing to shine on the light of your Son to a world that needs it. We pray this in the name of Jesus.